Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts. It's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing Hello, everybody. This is Dave. Welcome to the Boston Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, everybody out there. Oh, my goodness. I'm recording this on a Monday morning, and the coffee is just kicking in, kids. So, yay, 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 yay for uh, Mondays. I'm okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this together, Chris Marquet, aren't we? Aren't we? Absolutely, yes. Thanks. If I turn his mic on, maybe that would help. Go say it again, please. Oh, thank you, David. There yeah. we go. There nice we to go. be here. My buddy Chris Marquet is in the building. So Chris is an investigator. You're like, I like to think of you as um, just kind of a different version of Quincy, the old Jack Klugman story. I mean, he was he was forensic uh, a forensic doctor, right? But he used to do cool shit like he would go up to a suspect and the suspect would be smoking a cigarette. And he would put it out and then he would take the cigarette butt and hold it up and go, you know, from this, I can get your saliva. And that means I can determine X, Y, Z. But the guy's freaking out. And I picture you going up to bars and sneaking and, and uh, scaring the shit out of people. Well, it's just what happens every day, right? Yeah, every day. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But but I am a licensed detective, as they call them in Massachusetts. Oh, cool. Yeah. Gumshoe. Gumshoe. Why do they call them gumshoes? Uh, Because they're out on their feet, you know, knocking on doors, whatever. Occasionally getting the gum on the sole of your feet, I guess. I think so. I guess so. Okay. It's a throwback. Sure. Chris is a partner at Veritas Assurance Partners. Uh, For those of you that don't know, the Latin Veritas means truth. I'm so smart. (laughs) I think everybody knows that. Anyway, by the way, go to VeritasAP.com if you want to check out more about what Chris does. But uh, so it's it's. All manner of things investigational, right? I mean, your bio indicates that uh, global investigations, due diligence, fraud, risk, compliance, security. Um, what what's what kind of stuff are we talking about here? To put it more in uh, sort of everyday terms. Well, it's a good question. Uh, it's basically I'm a fact finder. I mean, mm-hmm. I like to think of myself as a general contractor on gathering information. So I work with lawyers in dispute situations. I work with financial folks in 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 um, transactions, M and A, and basically, you know, we do a lot of high level deep dive vetting of people. Uh, so we check people out to a fairly well. So if I'm going to be looking at David, yes, I'm going back to your college days. Please don't. Just please don't. No, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Go back to your college days. <clears throat> back to you know. You're the guy that knows why, as a college kid, you shouldn't be in too many photographs holding red Solo cups and with your hair all disheveled. That's correct. I'm told that, <laughs> I mean, that that's a growing thing, right? I, I kind of say half-jokingly, but that's in the last several years with the, the blow-up of, you know, Facebook and Snapchat and everything else, 
employers will go find photos of you partying at college. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. We'll uh, we'll always look at your social media. Right. So we're going to take a look at that. <clears throat> and uh, you know, I mean, everybody you know has a drink, but if you're if you're looking like you're out of control and doing things you probably shouldn't be doing or making bad choices, as they say, yeah, that's uh, usually not a good sign. It's it's scary, and so that that is the sort of thing you do look back on checks on people and things like things as such but yeah i mean normally i'm i'm going to be looking at a new ceo a new di- director of a publicly traded company or a company that's being bought out the management team the CF- cfo the chief operating officer those sorts of high level c suite people mm-hmm. so i'm going to dig back in and luckily for most of those folks you know they didn't have facebook you know 30 years ago yeah so <clears throat> but you know the, you get the occasional criminal issue mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, that pops somewhere mm-hmm. what's the most fun engaging part of what you do i think it's you know it's just every day is something different mm-hmm. always a different industry always different people so you, you just learn a lot about people and what they do and different industries and different geographies so <clears throat> so it's just something new every single day it's not like you know i'm writing the same sort of thing and same kind of law or whatever <clears throat> it's just finding out something i learn every day something mm-hmm. new um i love that too that's because that's kind of like what i do here every day i hear a different story told on podcast some more interesting than others yeah but I that's imagine. why but that's why i try to get the most interesting you know people colorful people who are gonna tell great stories and when i can i just get people like uh like you chris to get it to see that's a joke sorry just kidding <laughs> I, actually you always have great stories and and i imagine that's very uh true to your description of the job i think people that have boring jobs fantasize about people that have jobs like like yours do you ever have to uh, literally go undercover pretend you're somebody you're not uh on a i mean in the back in the old days yes yeah we would do setups and we would do undercover things uh sting buys that sort of thing i mean there's strict rules on what you can and can't do you can't impersonate somebody for example uh so uh we, we're always concerned about privacy issues. We don't want to step out of bounds. We don't want to be harassing people. We don't want to be uh, in, invading privacy, those, those sorts of things. Uh, so you got to be careful what and how you do. But in terms of, you know, surveillance, I mean, I've been on surveillances. It's boring as all get out. <laughs> right. Uh, most of the time, nothing's happening. Uh, but then there's the occasional flash of uh, excitement. That's like uh, De Niro in the movie Midnight Run, where he realizes he's being surveilled. And so he says, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to a bunch of guys who can hear my voice right now. They're sitting in a van somewhere. They stink of B.O. They've got coffee breath. They've they've uh, been bored out of their minds for the past, you know, uh, 48 hours, blah, blah, blah. So um, that's right. Yeah. Not always glamorous. I guess, <laughs> no, not glamorous. Yeah. So you can't you can't you go up to an establishment asking about i'm trying to think of what it would be a bank is probably not a good example yeah, you can't pre- i can't pretend i'm with bank of america doing it uh, right a, a, a check on whatever but you can play uh, dumb and just say i'm lost uh do you know where yeah, this you can play dumb. I mean, people do that all the time if they're yeah. you know process servers and that sort of thing i mean that's generally not not what we do i'm we're sort of do we're, we're taking if i'm looking at a david yaz mm-hmm. if, I, if i'm putting david yaz under the microscope Jeez, i'm nervous yeah Again, i know go ahead so if i sort put david bastard. yaz under the microscope mm-hmm. i'm gonna look look at where you've lived and where you worked right and sort of track that and i'm gonna see you know again take you back 20 30 years mm-hmm. to all the good the bad and the ugly yeah whatever it might be. there's plenty of all those yeah yeah, yeah. so 
<clears throat> so I'm I'm not necessarily I'm I'm not going to be like pretending somebody, but I might interview you mm-hmm. if depending on the circumstance. I might have somebody else talk to people, or I might talk to people you've worked with, your former partners or others, mm-hmm. uh, to get a sense of your reputation and your track record. And mm-hmm. um, so that so that's sometimes helpful. But, I mean, people will talk to you more you know more often than not, but uh, uh, other people are very guarded in in what they say. So yeah, there are little moments where people will reveal more than they otherwise would you know sometimes you know you might go up to talk to an executive of a company you've got a meeting scheduled and you know it's everything's very formal but the the receptionist might reveal some things that she or he probably shouldn't you know and they've got personal info you know on the ongoings in that office when i went to bartending school they used to tell us you'll be amazed that people will say in front of you thinking you're not there because because people you don't necessarily think the bartender's there doing his thing maybe cleaning up you know and people will be having a conversation about something very lurid and uh, that was uh, i was only i only bartended for a couple of years but that was fun yeah the b- bartenders are terrific source <laughs> intelligence sources yeah. yeah but i mean i once had i once put somebody on an airplane next to the target of the investigation oh interesting sat on the plane it was a female yeah right yeah chatting up the uh the target right and uh, again, you wouldn't believe what people say, right. willing to say they're sitting on the plane. That's that's shrewd. And that's not <laughs> that's not illegal. Or would it be illegal now? Or well, because she didn't, really, she didn't be, say anything, she didn't pretend to be anybody. She wasn't yeah, just uh, kind of had a sympathetic story that went along with Interesting. Uh, with the subject, the target, that is. Yeah, we um, at Lawyers Weekly, I used to, I worked at Lawyers Weekly until 2010, and and sort of in the somewhere in the middle of my tenure there, there was a story that broke in Boston. We didn't break the story; the Globe did. Uh, kudos to Judy Rakowski for breaking the story. But it was a tale of the Demoulis family litigation. So the Demoulis family, which owned Market Basket and, and other supermarkets, were in this blood war in court. One side of the family versus the other side of the family were looking to get any advantage they could against one another, would hire every lawyer in town. Some lawyers didn't even realize that they were on the same side as the other lawyers because these guys were just like, they're just like bomb throwers. They're like, what missile can I fire now? And one of the lawyers came up with a plan to, they had a, they had a suspicion that the clerk in the case, who was a clerk, people might remember this, I don't remember what year it was, but uh, Judge Maria Lopez, who was this kind of colorful judge, she had a clerk, and they suspected that Lopez was predisposed in the case to one of the sides. Like, she was, wasn't being fair at all. So they lured the clerk to Nova Scotia, of all places, um, for a job interview that never really existed, that, uh, for a job that did not exist. And um, eventually, after this whole thing shook out over the course of many years and all kinds of litigation disciplinary proceedings, the lawyers involved got disbarred. Now, the guy was a, Gary Crossan was a former prosecutor. And what he said to me when I interviewed him was interesting. It's like when, when we see, hear examples of uh, authorities rounding up people with outstanding warrants, you know, it's been depicted in movies and stuff, and it's happened in real life. People in New York show up to this ballroom because they've been told they won Yankee tickets. That's right. And they get there and yeah. they shut the doors and they're like, well, I got bad news and bad news. One, there yeah. are no Yankee There's tickets. No Yankee and tickets. two, you're all under arrest. <laughs> that's right. And when people say, when people see that, they're like, oh my God, that's so clever. That's so great. And what this guy Crossan said was, but when I do it as a private attorney, all of a sudden it's, it's you know, horrible. Do you, do you, does that ever, does I think it, that would, yep. uh, I mean, there were, there may, there may have been, uh, they may have crossed the line in a number of areas. Yeah. Um, and I think what, one of the things they're trying to do is get this person out of the jurisdiction 
of Massachusetts, which, yeah. which was important right. because if you're going to record a conversation, you mm. need to be in a jurisdiction that has what they call one-party consent. You got it. You can do that in New York. You can't do it in Massachusetts. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because the the follow-up meeting after the Nova Scotia meeting was in New York. Everyone, When everyone heard it was Nova Scotia, they're like, oh, they're trying to get him out of the U.S. No, nah, that didn't matter, actually, as long as you got him out of Mass to some place where it was permitted. So there was a follow-up meeting at the Four Seasons in, in New York, and anyway, the whole thing blew up. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was yeah. – uh, there. part of it was just the – the perception issue and I'm sure. with the ju- going after the judge, it's usually not the greatest idea. <laughs> you uh, think? Yeah. And you had this internecine battle there. It, you just had one side literally tearing the other one apart. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I was not involved in that case. You, you heard of that one? Though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, there, think of the Hewlett Packard case. Okay. And Hewlett Packard. Refresh my memory. Well, this again goes back some time, maybe 2010, 20, mm-hmm. maybe it was pre pre crash. Um, they. They were trying to find out a leak on the board of directors that was talking to the press mm-hmm. about inside board decisions. And so what they did is they hired lawyers who hired investigators who essentially went and 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 um, went online as the reporters or as the directors and um, got their phone records, got their, you know, other types of records so they could try to trace who's calling who. Mm-hmm. And so essentially what they were doing was uh, identity theft. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this, this happened in California. There were very strict rules even back then. And people lost their jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. I think some people went to jail mm-hmm. for doing that. Now, did, did, was Hewlett Packard right in trying to figure out who was leaking? Yeah. But did they do it in the right way? No. Right. Yeah. So this was so that's the fine line in what we do. I mean, I, I work with lawyers all the time every day. And, you know, we want to, you, you want to do things the right way. Otherwise, your own reputation is at stake, For plus sure. the lawyer, plus the client. Yeah. So it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. In the case I was describing earlier, the root of that scheme of that subterfuge came from, um, is that the word subterfuge? Did I use that right? Could I guess be. I did. Yeah. yeah okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the fancier the word, the more word. dramatic it's, you know, es- internecine. That's How why. That? Yeah. Well, that's why, you, you know, espionage, you know, you said <laughs> this doesn't exactly apply there, but it's a cool word. So um, subterfuge. Anyway, the one of the lawyers involved was a guy that his career had kind of been a little bit shady on the edge. Um, guy named Kevin Curry. I hope I'm not slandering him too bad, but he did get disbarred also in these proceedings. So it is what it is. But he had in the record of the disciplinary theories, one of the reasons he wanted to get into this because he had this theory that he had heard rumors that Judge Lopez had like conspired with the commissioner of police to have somebody murdered. And so when when that came on the disciplinary proceedings, I was like, oh, my God, and he might have denied it or he might not have. And it's like, geez, this is this is someone who started like with a completely different, and when you see yeah. bad reputation, well, mm-hmm. you're getting also into the wacky world, right? You're yeah. starting to get into these conspiracy, conspiracy theories, theories and, yeah. Yeah. that are a little too far out. Plenty of that out there now. Um, when we uh, return after this brief message, we're going to put uh, Chris in the Boston vault, ask him questions about our fair city, and see if he can escape. And then we have some uh, cool. I have a TV show that you have to be watching. And then Chris has a, a, his own personal movie review coming up when we do good stuff. And uh, it sounds like it's a mixed bag. We're going to just tease could it. Be, could be a mixed bag. I haven't seen this movie yet, so I'm excited I to hear what you I haven't seen it either. Done. No, no, you haven't seen my show, but you've, you, I haven't seen yours, and right. you haven't seen mine. Okay. So, th- so 
And that's why it's going to be so much fun, kids. But for a moment, let me tell you about what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast, kids? We can produce one for you, whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, really any kind of professional. You should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, this is the world we live in, people. You were in each other's head. I mean, just ask Chris Marquette. I mean, Alexa's listening to us right now. Yes, yes. So use it to your advantage and get a podcast. It will help you deliver a message, build relationships, clients, and centers of influence. will delight in being a guest on your show. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. So, Chris, you mentioned you grew up in Concord. Historic Concord, Massachusetts. Is That's that right? That's correct. Concord, okay. Carla, Concord, Carlisle, Concord High Carlisle High School. All right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Dual County League. You know, I've never. It, it, I've been in Concord many times. Never Carlisle that I know of. I'm not so sure it exists. It's, Are we sure? It's Is out it there. on the map? It's pretty there? far out there. <laughs> okay. Well, as a resident and someone who was raised in this fair area, of course, Chris. Uh, qualifies to be in what we call the Boston Vault, and what we do is we put Uh-oh. in the vault. Yeah, here come the armed guards. Oh shoot! It's Man. a whole thing. It's a whole. I'm on the wrong side of the the bar. Yes, on th- this occasion. Yes, you're used to being around people of import, and uh, doors are swinging shut. And okay, all right, we get it. We get it. They always help, go. Li- they always go a little too far. So growing up in Concord, tell me, do you have a memory of a favorite like? diner ice cream shop or like a, a place you used to to haunt as as a young man oh, <laughs> that's a good question where'd you go to get your ice cream that, that that that's that's a question every new englander should be able to answer i think there's a brigham's in there there was okay. some time ago but yep. we didn't really go out that much to to get ice cream really what exactly was going on i don't know i was i was like nonstop activities that's okay. all i remember like neighborhood stuff well no it was just like uh, you know between school and sports and mm-hmm. And music, uh, I was a violin player of all really? things. Really? <clears throat> Between those things, I just, I wasn't having, a, I didn't have a lot of time to do too many. So, so uh, did, And when we did, we were traveling. Yes. You know, my, we would go out on trips and stuff like that. Did you play in the school band or what? Well, orchestra. It's called or, orchestra. It was called when orchestra. Have, when you okay. play the violin, you're in an orchestra. Well, so yes, yes. I, <laughs> did you have a go-to song? As a violinist? No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Part, no. It was all classical, double, you know, classical no, stuff. But I did, play in, I did play in the shows. I mean, every year okay. there was a show, you know, so you p- played in the pit orchestra, Fiddler on the Roof, for example. All right. Uh, played in that and uh, many others, actually. I love it. Yeah. Tradition. 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 There you go. Um, and and then you gave up the violin, I take it, because... I played through college. I yeah. played up at Dartmouth and uh, oh, nice. in, the, in the symphony orchestra there. And uh, it's it's a... Difficult in- instrument. I mean, it's a beautiful instrument, but it's mm-hmm. it's tough. And when you were at, sorry, I was. And I got all three of my boys playing. Really? It, it's you know more or less. Yeah. Well, good on you. I mean, the I, violin seems very hard to me. I play a very poor guitar because I thought it was relatively easy to learn. And sure enough, if you just want to learn the basic chords and fake a few eagle songs, it's not too bad. So I can do that, and that I'd never really That's advanced good. past that. But I remember Billy Joel, the petulant uh, piano man, when he was on David Letterman once, he asked him about his, Letterman asked him about his love for music, and he said, well, to be honest with you, I, I got into music mainly to pick up chicks. Yeah, yeah. And, and Letterman said, it seems like it worked out pretty well for you. <laughs> this is when he was <laughs> yeah, yeah. married to Christy Brinkley. Right. Now, I don't want to put down your instrument choice, but I'm not so sure the, the violin is, is the one that's going to 
turn you into, you know, a Romeo of sorts? Uh, probably not. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, I was a math science kind of a guy. Okay. And music and science kind of, and math click, actually. Right. Um, so there was a logic to it, believe it or not. Interesting. <clears throat> and I wouldn't say I was a ladies' man back in those days. Well, neither was I. I mean, I was a little bit of a geek, to I, be honest. I played no instrument back then. I played the radio if I was lucky. So you went to Dartmouth. Is it true that you founded the fraternity on which the film Animal House was based? I've no, heard rumors. That's I'm not kidding. true. That's not true. <laughs> that fraternity was down, down, not not near where we were. Were you in a house at? Oh Dartmouth? yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, which one? Kappa Sig. Kappa Sig. I was a Sigma Alpha Mu guy. Mm. We were the known as the... Sams. The Sammies. Yeah. yeah. We were not known as ladies' men. We were known as mama's boys. Which oh, is, is that right? Which is, yeah. Which is... <laughs> That's unfortunate. I, it, it is. It doesn't give you a lot of street cred. Uh, <laughs> so you, what did you serve at parties? Was it just sort of like... Uh, milk and cookies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, we did our best. We, we did have one signature party called jam with sam which is the dumbest thing ever because you know we're sigma alpha mu so jam with sam so it was supposed to be i don't know a reggae beach party theme which which is dorky in every way except for the fact that we did bring in real sand and put it throughout the house and sure so when you walked in you were walking on sand that was pretty cool that's cool it took forever to clean, clean that it up. up yeah i imagine <laughs> yeah yeah what what do you remember from your fraternity days a lot of parties. Of course, <laughs> I used to have my what? my uh, my sound system, and I was in the front of the uh, the building. I oh, nice. turn the speakers around in the windows, yeah, just crank yeah. music out into the front lawn, yep. all the time. <laughs> so we had it was just it was a lot of fun. Probably I mean, a lot of stones, and I'm trying to think of you and I are about the same vintage. Yeah, it was I mean, a, the, the you 80s. know 70s rock and roll 70s, basically. 80s. Yep, you know Grateful Dead. Sure, sure, and. You still in touch with any of your fraternity brothers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Sure, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I am as well. Um, not the whole gang, but now what did you think of this? Was this to me, like, I'm glad I joined a fraternity because I was too lazy to go out and, like, uh, make friends that <laughs> develop my own circle of friends. So I just, you know, glom onto you sign up for fraternity, you automatically get a lot of friends. And you can just, for spells, you know, me and my buddies would just sit in our frat house and watch movies. It, it wasn't always party central. However, it gives you a place to go back sure. when, you, when you go back, which is nice, you know. Um, well, you have to remember, though, yep. <clears throat> Dartmouth back in those days, late 70s, early 80s, mm -hmm. we were still integrating women into the into the college. Oh, so yeah. So there was maybe, when my class was about one-third female, two-thirds male. Mm -hmm. So it was a kind of rough. So we would road trip. We would, you know, the whole animal house road trip thing. Yeah. Is, that's not a lot. <laughs> wow. Um, well, see, I didn't realize so, so that. So you road that's trip down to Smith yeah. and Holyoke. I came down to Wellesley, after, actually. That's um, a schlep from Dartmouth yeah. to Wellesley. <laughs> well, I had a Wellesley girlfriend who then introduced me to oh, my, nice. my, ultimately to my wife, who now, who's also uh, a Wellesley alum. God, I met. So like, do you remember what year, do you know what year Dartmouth integrated or it was 76 was i don't know if that's the right word by the way yeah yeah Let i think women, it was yes. the class of 76 that's that amazing yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. recent memory yeah um yeah when i was at penn it was mostly 50 50 but we had you know there were like a zillion people go to penn it's like you know i mean for an ivy we were big you know yes, yeah. more, more than two thousand per class so um all just uh thousands and thousands of women to ignore me during my college years which is great <laughs> but at least for, you had more of, you had see. more of them and yes. you're not you're in philadelphia we were up in the woods yeah. all right That's so right. so there's a little element there in the middle of the winter where you're going a little stir crazy and there's not that many women yep. you kind of have to 
yeah. you know, escape. You got to venture out for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's funny. I never thought about the, that. That road trip scene was was based on that. Yeah, it's correct. dynamic. Yeah. Go yeah. see. Go see Otis Day in the Nights playing yeah. at the wherever the name of the bar was. I have no idea. <laughs> Um, but the fraternity thing, my senior year, I, I wouldn't say I led a rebellion, but I, I made a speech at a brother's meeting about how our, our hell night. So for those that have been fraternity or sorority people, you know, there is usually some hazing. And the concept of hazing has gone through so many ups and downs. And in general, in this generation, it's it's frowned upon to do something that is torturous to these poor kids trying sure. to. Now, we didn't we didn't paddle. What we did was we tricked the the pledge into thinking they were about to be paddled and screamed <laughs> at him and stuff and then said you're out it was it was it was poor acting it was what it was i had been at a summer camp guys so i kind of knew what was up what older people picking on you and i could kind of see through some of this stuff they had what they did was they had you know a guy scream at you and say you're about to be paddled you're wearing a blindfold and then your big brother would come in and save the save day it, yeah. i'm using quotation fingers did you do you remember? I don't want you to reveal any fraternity secrets, of course, because you need to take them to the grave. I have to take them to the grave. Yes. I mean, but there were, you know, there's there was stuff, stuff, and we would yeah. take, you know, you, there's a thing called Pledge Week where, sure. you know, you the upperclassmen would grab the pledge right out of class or right out of their dorm room, throw them in a car and drive off into the yep. hinterlands of Vermont or some somewhere, and <clears throat> it usually didn't end well. I mean, I remember myself, <laughs> yeah. I got tied up with another pledge at um at a, a little women's college uh, wow well could have done worse i guess yeah some and some of the the uh the students freed us and it, it was it was fun see that yeah back in those days that was a thing like quote-unquote kidnapping yeah, nowadays yeah right. nowadays i mean i mean chris kidnapping has gotten such a bad rap in real life yeah. right? so, no, it's not but a it big was, deal but it was all yeah, and a buddy of mine said, we had so much fun with that. We should start a company called Birthday Kidnap, where you, you kidnap someone for your birthday, and you put Birthday Kidnap on the car so everybody knows it's not a real kidnapping. And, then, and he said, I thought, I thought about that. And then yeah, I but thought, then, then you're going to be all those scammers. who are the, That's the what real, he said. That's yeah. why he scrapped the idea. He was <laughs> like, but then, then someone comes in with a birthday kidnap, and they're actually kidnapping someone. So well, you might have been idea. able to get, get away with it back in the day, but not these days, right. no. Forget well, it. Yeah, we yeah. kidnap. Plus, some kid's going to drop dead, literally, of fright. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was all kinds of fun. It was as long as it was in stranger good... danger. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it's. I mean, it for good reason. I mean, back when we right. were growing up, right, there were all those freaks out there, right, and we we're walking, hitchhiking, doing all kinds all, of right. insane things. But yeah. uh, you just didn't think about it. Not as much for some reason. Yeah, yeah I don't know, but maybe just because information age and, and yeah, it's uh, all out there. You know, you can see the sexual predators in your neighborhood. Yeah, you can look those up. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was the kind of thing where I would be like we were playing a basketball game. I was on the pledge team, so I'm I'm a freshman, and then some of the elder brothers they're playing for the actual house team. So we all know each other; we're all friends and everything. But it turns out we got matched up against each other in the intramural league, so it was going to be a big battle. And the pledges are going to beat the brothers. We're so excited! Sure. And right. the night and the night of that game, um, a couple brothers said, "Hey, we're." Uh, meet me we're gonna go get some pizza just meet me and you had to do what the brothers say so we no. showed up yeah and so then a car pulls up <laughs> and was like get in yes and i'm like what do you mean he goes get in we're going to atlantic city i got, I got the basketball game today he goes yeah we know you do and so <laughs> i 
I threw a head fake and I ran away. And, did, they, <laughs> did they run you down? No, no. Um, I ended up playing in the game. It was, it was, you know, since it was all good fun, if you could, if you could break away, right. like, there were no weapons involved or anything. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> but we ended up playing. We got killed anyway. But wait, um, are you from Philadelphia? Are you from? Down no, there? no, no. I'm from I'm from Sharon, Mass. I'm a town. Okay, there you but, go. But four years in West Philly will it'll change a man. Chris, yeah, sure. Chris, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um. So. At any rate, so um, wow, we've been in the Boston vault for a long time. Let me let me uh, back up. So, where's home now? What 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 town? So now I live in Wellesley of all Wellesley, places. Yeah. Wellesley, right? Got <laughs> so you, well, naturally, uh, we all love Wellesley. Do you have when pe- when f- folks come out of town? Is there a place around there that you go to place restaurant or some place that they have to visit? Uh, well, it used to be Blue Ginger, but that went right. and went away. Now, now there's a Smith and Walensky there. Of, oh, of, I didn't know that. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. It's actually quite good. We've been there for a few a few times. Yeah. But there's a great Turkish restaurant. There's a Thai restaurant. There's Indian food. There's actually quite a few uh, nice restaurants. Juniper, mm-hmm. um, a Spanish tapas place. A lot of lot of nice restaurants because families will come in because the college is right there. There's actually three colleges in Wellesley of all. <clears throat> you know, Babson. Well, one is Wellesley, Babson, and and Mass Bay. Mass Bay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. So, uh, so Wellesley College is a few hundred yards down from where we live, and you know the students and the families that go and come come into town and they go to these nice places and it, it's nice. Can you get? It's hard to get a table at these places. Sometimes, yeah. I'm a big open table. Use open table app. We do for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will. I will shun a place if they're not on open table. Well, if you're going for drinks, right? Yeah, I like to get there around four thirty. <laughs> <laughs> no, so is no, the bar yeah. open yet? No, Mr. Marquet. Come no, back but in the five thing, minutes. Yeah. So the only rule is in, in, in Wellesley is that it used to be a dry town. In fact, Wellesley was the town that they founded the temperance uh, organization oh, yeah. way back in the day that basically led to prohibition. So, so this, you're talking about what used to be a hugely conservative town. Was that uh, was the the was it not? I want to say Molly Pitcher was the, the the historic figure. They named a restaurant for her on the in on Beacon Hill, who used to who was the she was the temperance person. Yeah, yeah. I think. So it was so it it was only a few years ago that they actually allowed Wellesley to sell alcohol. In fact, Wellesley mm. used to be part of Needham. It used to be one whole thing it was West Needham. Right, and they split off. Needham was a dry town for many years until recently. Yeah, uh, Sharon was a dry town up until we still don't have any liquor stores like selling booze. Yeah, yeah, we don't either, it's, except for the uh, the local Roche Brothers. Yeah, do you, do you think that's weird? That um, I think it is. Well, I mean, Massachusetts. I mean, we can sell weed, right? You can. <laughs> I you know. can sell cannabis. I should yeah, say. Yeah, very strange that. As a as a town, a town, an area, a state. I mean, people think of us as crazy Very, liberals, yeah. and you got all the schools up there. But um, there's still this weird puritanical thing. There, that there runs is an through. element to yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, it's slowly but, falling. Uh, but yeah. It's not bad. But you still. So the bottom line is, you have to order food when you go. You can't just go to a bar in Wellesley uh-huh. and drink like paparazzi's. You can go there, get. There's a beautiful bar. And yeah, you can drink, but you got to order food. You do? Yes. At paparazzi. Mostly. At paparazzi. You can't just go up and get no, a cocktail. That's amazing. Yeah. Get your act not together, kidding. paparazzi. But, I know. But, but, no, it's not that's paparazzi. It's the, that's it's the every restaurant. Law. It's the town. That's, oh. I know. No, I'm angry. I know. All right. On the plus side, though, you've successfully negotiated the Boston Vault. We're going to let you out, Chris. All so right. Hey, thank you. Flying colors. Flying <laughs> colors. Um, God, that is weird, though. I mean, I used to, as, as a teenager, it was... 
you, you knew the rule. Well, teenager. I mean, when I turned 21 and started drinking alcohol, you always had to know the rules so that the liquor stores are, and to this day, I think still close at 11 p.m. Is that is that right? Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, so I was of an age that when I turned 18, mm-hmm. it was still legal to buy beer. So there was oh. a package store in Concord. Mm-hmm. That, that okay, so you asked me about where I might, yeah, yeah. So, so I could <laughs> go, so I turned 18 yeah. and I could buy alcohol, but the law changed like two months later. And you didn't get grandfathered in, no, no there's no grandfathering, no, no, no. no. So I went wow. to New Hampshire, you could go to New Hampshire, right across the border. That's where I was going with the story, yeah, go ahead. But yeah. then, you know, so then, I, then I'm, I'm a senior in, a co- in high school, yep, right, and then I go off to, to Dartmouth, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then New Hampshire changed. So I was right on the cusp there. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. New Hampshire had 18 for longer. Now it's 21 yeah, in New they Hampshire. Did. I would they, it's 21 yeah. pretty much everywhere. Yeah. 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 There were mornings where during, you know, my college years where I'd be, you know, home from break and a buddy of mine, we'd be, you know, uh, call him up on a Sunday morning and say, watching the patch. Yeah. You got any beer? No. No. All right. <laughs> All right. How long does it take us to get to New Hampshire? Get in the car, head up there. We knew exactly which store. Turn the radio store. on. And they, <laughs> you know, right, listen but, to the game. Yeah. No, we would get, no, you got to get there up there and back before the game starts with the beer. And, you know, we would, there would be a certain liquor store and the person behind the counter would always know. She's like, you guys are from Massachusetts, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a boon for them. Of right? course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Live free and die. What the hell? <laughs> Live free and die. Live free That's and right. die. Yeah. Well, I promised you an edition of Good Stuff where Chris and I are both going to make a recommendation. Or maybe we're going to trash a TV show or movie. You're just going to have to stay tuned as we go to this edition of Good Stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right. All right. B-52s, calm down. Uh, I'm going to let you go first, Chris, and uh, if you'll direct your attention to the screen over there, All right. we will play. This is, um, you have selected this film, Uncut Gems, it's the Adam Sandler movie. Did you see oh, it? Oh, I did. I did select it. Did you see it in I the did theaters? See it. It's distur- in the theaters. In the theaters. All right, don't, don't tell us how West disturbing Newton, it is. West, the West Newton Theater, you know that one? Yeah, of course. Charming little yeah. art house kind of theater. Um, I don't know. I wonder if it's streaming now. It doesn't matter. Well, let's listen to a little of the trailer, and then we'll talk about Uncut Gems. How you doing, Holly? How's it going? How's it going? Put Pesach out. All right. Larry, you're a Jew again. Welcome back. <laughs> he says you're a Jew again. Welcome back. I made a crazy risk. You gambled. And it's about to pay off. So I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. What do you know? I don't know. I just know. Well, I'll tell you what I know. It's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree, Gary. So that was, first of all, that was Mike Francesa, right, playing somebody in this movie. We also saw, we see yeah, Kevin, Kevin, Gar- Garnett. Kevin Garnett in the trailer. And so Adam Sandler seems to be, this is like Adam Sandler as you've never seen him before, right? Like True. he's, he's it's a, clearly a dramatic role. It's a, it's a serious. And he's playing a, a bookie or just a professional gambler? No, he's a jewel. He's a jewel. Um, you know, Diamond District. Okay. Uh, and on a, a, is a 47th Street, I think it is. I'll take your word for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Diamond District uh, York, guy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but he's he's hooked on, he's a gambler. Right. Sports gambling. Right. Specifically. Right. And so since Garnett's in the movie, the sort of suggestion, you don't have to give everything away, but that he, he gets in so deep he wants to actually, oh, so he knows some of these athletes because he sells them jewels, I take it, because they dig the... 
the rocks, right? Yeah, and there's uh, and there's uh, he's got some some people around him that like will bring bring folks in. Right. and cuts them a little I a see. kickback. And is this based on a true story? Maybe I don't think so. No, okay. Um, and you told me before Loosely. we started recording, you said it was kind of disturbing. <laughs> disturbing. So give you're us a on hint. The, you're on the edge right. the entire time because this guy Adam Sandler, who by by the way plays it extremely well. Yeah. He, he, he's cringeworthy. Everything yeah. he does is wrong. Okay, so I mean, he's making bad decisions. Bad decisions from yeah. beginning to end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, but but uh, Adam Sandler really plays it to a T. I mean, he's got a beautiful wife, but she hates him, and he, she's mm-hmm. cheating on her. He's got a squeeze on the side. I mean, just he's betting on all the stuff he's losing. He's got loan sharks uh, out. You know, he, he <laughs> right. He's leveraged himself nine. You know, six ways a Sunday. Right. People said he should have been nominated for an Oscar for this. And I, I would think. I mean, yeah, it was he, he, terrifically done. Yeah. Okay. So you give it a thumbs up. But, I give it a thumbs up. Said, but, I said, but if you you need to be prepared, my stomach was churning really? the whole time. Mm-hmm. I just felt disturbed. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Film stars Adam Sandler as Howard Ratner, a Jewish jeweler and gambling addict in the Diamond District, who must retrieve an expensive gem he purchased to pay off his debts. And it's gotten really good reviews and everything. I think it's probably streaming by now. It's got to we'll be, yeah. It's got Yeah. So I want to see it. Yeah. Uncut it's, worth, it's worth seeing. I have mixed feelings about Just Adam Sandler. Re- yeah. you know, oh, maybe you should uh, self-medicate with a little bit of <laughs> a little wine before you start. Because <laughs> okay, right? right. we went in there straight. You right. Know? <laughs> That's, that was your first mistake. There you <laughs> That's go. That's a mistake. Yeah, so uh, cool. I'm going to see that. Um, I'm going to tell you about a TV show that recently, I think recently, premiered on Netflix. No, not Netflix. Amazon Prime. And it's a TV show. The, the big name is Al Pacino. It's called Hunters. Let's listen to a little bit of the trailer. My deepest sorrows about your grandmother. We're in the camps together. She lives through all that just to be shot. In the living room by Virgo. It sounded like she knew him. It sounded personal. Yeah. I suppose every mother is personal. You know what the best revenge is? Revenge. Your grandmother wished to protect you. From what? Nazis, Jonas. Goddamn Nazis. There's evil living here. Bad neighbors. They've blinded themselves to us. You can get away with anything in America. So your grandmother and I created the hunters. You put together a group of Nazi hunters. So by now you know what the premise of the TV show is. And it was it late 60s, early 70s time frame? 70s. 70, 1977. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So disclaimer, I'm through, I think. Good music here. Yeah, yeah. The The... The music in the trailer is great. I don't remember Psycho Killer being used. In no, the, that's in the, that did. Psycho Killer wasn't out in 77. I think so. Was it? Well, maybe. We could look that up. But, but yeah, that might be an anachronism. So it's it stars Al Pacino. It stars um, this, young, this young actor whose name I'm going to immediately forget, so I'll look it up. His name is uh, Logan Lerman. And if you don't know him, you probably recognize him. He's been in a ton of stuff, some kid movies some kid like adventure movies and he was in that movie fury with with the brad pitt was a brad pitt war movie and he was excellent 
So again, I haven't seen it was, this. Came out in seventy seven. Seventy seven. Yeah. All right. So thank you for that. That was a little later. Thank uh, Chris Marquet, your hired research department, Pod Six One Seven. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you should see this. It's it's so far it is. It's not like it's completely original. It it has echoes of Quentin Tarantino throughout it, and particularly Inglorious Bastards. Did you see that movie? I Chris did. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, sure. So it's it's it plays upon our hatred of, of Nazis, which is kind of an easy thing to do. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they pulled it in the Indiana Jones movies. It's like if you need a villain, like you can't get much more villainous than the Nazis. But she, so the, yeah, the premise, as you heard, is it's 1977, and this young man has a grandmother who is um i don't think this is a spoiler you know what i won't even say it but what i will say is he he meets al pacino who's this old jewish guy al pacino gets a b plus for the old yiddish accent he slips out of it now and again <laughs> but there are other people you recognize like carol kane and saul rubinek these kind of veteran actors you've seen here and here and there and he is telling this kid that he's assembled he's not they have discovered there are nazis living in the u.s which is which is a fascinating dynamic. I don't. I, I suppose we could look this sort of. Well, thing we did up. bring some of their rocket scientists back. Yeah, I mean, and there were there were trials, right? I'm trying to think of who the 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 evil doctor Mengele, Mengele, right? Mengele, right. So like we caught him, and 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 now as we sit here in 2020, you would presume that they're all dead. I think by definition, they're they they'd have to be dead by now or be like 110 years old or something. But in the 70s, yeah, they're still kicking around, and so it. It poses this question, what if, you know, the, the doctor down your street or, you know, some guy you're talking to at a barbecue was actually 30 years earlier a sadistic Nazi soldier, general, what have you. And so <laughs> it's it. And so yeah. so this show openly borrows from uh, I mentioned Inglorious Bastards, where they're the, the, this is like dream team. The Inglorious Bastards were like a dream team of of Nazi killers. As Brad Pitt put it, our business is killing Nazis, and business is booming. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. That's the end of the show, everybody. I'm going to leave on my Brad Pitt impersonation. No, no. Um, so Remember and, Marathon Man, too. Oh, so you know what? I never saw that. But oh, I think... But, the, but yeah, the Hoffman character is tortured by a, a Nazi dentist or something? Yes, correct. Yeah. No, you okay. should, it's definitely worth seeing. It's, okay. it's uh, incredible. Yeah, that's one. It's, it's always been a, a hole in my, in my uh, repertoire. So I will. I will I it's promise a hole will, in your soul. It's a hole in my soul. I need, to, I need more Dustin Hoffman in Gotta my life. Got to see that. In a, in a dentist chair. Um, that's, the one, that's the one where the famic anecdotes, because Sir Lawrence Olivier plays the bad guy, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where that fame. I don't know if it's apocryphal, but the whole thing is Dustin Hoffman on the set, I guess, showed up all bleary eyed because he's playing in his character has been up all night. So Dustin Hoffman method acting said, I'm going to yep. stay up all night. And Olivier famously looked at him and said, why don't you try acting, son? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. All right. So this is a big thumbs up for me. I, now, listen, I'm only uh, two and a half episodes in. It could suck after this, but it also borrows from the Americans. If you like, did you ever oh, watch I love the, the Americans? Americans. Yeah. So, love it, it. so same sort of dynamics. It's a period piece. So you get the, the seventies stuff. Um, you know, Americans was, was more eighties, but just a, a lot of, you know, spy, spy kind of shit going on. Like this person's not who we think they are originally, all that kind of stuff. So hunters and Al Pacino playing a Jew. What more could you want? So, again, Chris Marquet, we're up against the clock here, but I hope you've had a good time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, once fun, again, fun. if you want to learn more about what Chris does, you should. Or just network with him, grab a cup of coffee with him. I've always had a good time hanging with, with Chris. I was the host of some networking trivia contest a couple of years ago that Chris prevailed in. 
Congratulations. <laughs> you got to go to the Red Sox. As, as you, yeah, I did. I did. Knowing, did. knowing a lot that, of useless shit. That was a lot shit. of fun. That was a lot of fun. I've built my career on knowing Thank a lot you. of useless shit. And, um, but Chris is, uh, as we said, investigator, Veritas Assurance Partners, VeritasAP.com. Or, you know what? Drop Chris an email. I'm going to give out his email publicly. That's right. Wow. C-M-A-R-Q-E. Sorry, Q U. The U always falls. Let me start again. C Marque C M A R Q U E T at VeritasAP.com. Is that does that thank does, you, David? No, my pleasure, my yeah, friend. People tend to mispronounce the name, and you got it. You know. Yeah, what do people say? Market or something? They say Marquette. Marquette. Yeah, yeah. Is it like the university? But it's an extra T E. Think of croquet. Think croquet? of sobriquet. Market. Think, think of parquet. Wow, now I'm thinking about all those things. <laughs> and I'm hungry and I want to go to a Celtics so game for some it's reason. Parquet, that's right. <laughs> Does that mean you've the got parquet some... floor. The parquet floor, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Do you have some French in your bed? Does that mean there's some French back there oh, yeah, somewhere? Oh, for, for sure. Oh, okay. Well, magnifique. Chris Marquet. They, and they were good up until about 1815. The French? Yeah, they had their empire. <laughs> that turned to shit. Yeah, they might make a comeback someday. You never know. Anyway, my thanks to Chris Marquet. We had a, a great time. Thank you for listening to the Boston thank, Podcast. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, man. We'll have you back anytime. You're always welcome here at our Westwood Studios, which, by the way, is where you could be the next big podcast star if you go to pod617.com. Plenty of ways to get in touch with us and find out what's going on there. Thanks to our friends at Adori, A-D-O-R-I, our podcast platform. Go to the App Store and download the Adori app, and your podcast will come to life. On behalf of Chris Marquet, my favorite gumshoe, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great one, everybody. You must be the other guy.